0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show. With me, Sean Sheehan, here. On SureDog.com, and it is another uh, preview for the PFL this week, as the fifth show of the 2022 regular season goes down. The heavyweights are back in action here, and the uh, featherweights, as well as some of the the biggest and brightest and best stars uh, in the PFL, come out. It's a pretty good card again. We saw, obviously, we had the card last week, uh, which uh, was pretty good on paper, and the Delivered as well, but we have another pretty good one here. Um, my favorite PFL fighter in Bruno Capilozza is on the card um, in the main event. But we will get into that fight as well. Um, Brennan Lachnan is on the card, who everyone obviously know from uh, from over in Manchester and from. You know, being a standout in the UK scene for a long time, and then getting to the Dana White contender, contender series, obviously, and we know what happened there, where he got delayed takedown in a fight that he was absolutely dominating, and Dana White decided insanely kind of not to sign him, um, and some other fighters as well, Chris Wade is on the card, Stevie Ray, Anthony Pettis, so... um yeah, a very good card all around, and I'm going to get through it here and get straight into it and talk about it. I'll look at some of the undercard fights first, and then we'll um, go upwards, and we'll look in more detail even at the cards higher up, uh, or the fights even higher up on the card here. Um, First fight on the card is Alejandro Flores against uh, Raji Kudo, and if you don't know either of these especially Kudo you, you probably should after his last performance obviously he fought Brendan Lachnan in that very very close fight uh, you know which ended in the via technical decision in the, in the third round um, I was very impressed watching tape of him coming into that fight and then I was very impressed with him in that fight itself you know I'm a big fan of Lachlan I've interviewed him a couple of times as well I think he's very very good and as I just said in the intro there I don't think he has gotten a fair shake of it throughout his career but I think Kudo could be a little bit hard done by by how that result went. Now I scored it the same way, and I thought Lockdown won it. But the fact that it ended and went to a no contest, it was that week or two, you know, where there was no contests all over the place, and uh, he, he was unlucky a little bit, uh, I think. But it was it was the correct decision. And all that. I'm not saying anything about the judging, but in, so he won most of that fight. Uh, it was a close second round. He dominated obviously the first round with the big knockdown and everything like that. And then it ended, you know, where lockdown was kind of ahead, uh, in the third round. It was, it was unfortunate, but he, he's a very good fighter. Um, a counter fighter, but he can also attack and go forward and land big shots as well, which he showed against Loch He's so fast, just really, really fast, powerful, uh, good takedowns as well. Maybe a little bit small for that featherweight division. Although he went in there against Loch he didn't look that small. So um i i think this guy is is really really good and i'm a big fan of his and i like his style an awful lot and he's a guy i think that i would be happy to be previewing in these pfl cards next year the year after the year after as well because he's one of those guys you'll you'll never tire of watching i think he's very very good um flores on the other hand then i watched a couple of his fights um especially his most recent fight against Saba Balaji, which was great on me because he's fighting on this card as well. So I was able to kill two birds with one stone for that one. Uh, and that was his second PFL um, fight after fighting, obviously, once last year as well. Um, he, you know, he won that fight. It won by unanimous decision, but not much happened, honestly, in those 15 minutes. He throws, like, those front leg leg stamps, throws a few flying knees, The one thing I would say uh, that is a big issue for him coming in here against Kudo is he kind of stretches in with shots. And if you're stretching in with shots against Kudo, he's going to just step to the side or step back and counter you and hit you with an awful big shot. And that's just not going to end well at all. Um, But the one thing I would say for Flores is he's very varied, you know, changes stances and does lots of different things. But I am... I favour Kudo in this fight. Honestly, I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, I, I think Flores will appreciate maybe the pace that Kudo will put on, and they will both kind of appreciate e- each other's pace. Sometimes, especially in the, in that last fight, the the, uh, the last Alejandro fight, he he had. It was kind of uh, against Beladi. It was kind of wait, 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 um, because Beladi and I. He didn't. We didn't see much of it in that fight. and I, Maybe I get on to his fight next. But you didn't see much of it in that fight. But he's supposed to be a wrestler, and he didn't wrestle much in that fight. So it kind of turned into three rounds of of a, a up fight. Um, so yeah, that Kudo versus Garcia fight, uh, Flores Garcia fight. I think it will be better than uh, Alejandro Flores Garcia's last fight. And uh, I think, uh, but I think Kudo will come on. Out the right side of it. Let's talk about the Sabba Balaji fight. So he's fighting Boba Jenkins. Obviously boba has been around for a long time now. Um, first on Balaji, as I said again, he's just supposed to be a wrestler. They said in the commentary, I didn't see much wrestling out of him. So maybe that's something we will see here against Boba Jenkins. Although it's going to be tough to take down Boba Jenkins. But Balaji, he's this small enough, squat, powerful looking guy. Um, When he does throw, he throws with power and he's athletic. So he's, you know, uh, Yoel Romero, I suppose, is the guy you would <laughs> you would look at like that. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe compare him to, to Yoel Romero. It's very tough on the couple of fights that I watch him to get a gauge on how good he is and how good he can be. Just uh, again, uh, that low output. If he can up that output a little bit, then. You know, you'd give him a chance, but Bubba Jenkins, I think at this stage you would probably have to favor him in this fight. Um, he's a southpaw, obviously. In, he he has out wrestled lots of people, including a, a guy uh, on this card, Lance Palmer. Um, he jumps in with his striking a lot. He's a very effective striker, I would say, when he does throw it. And he's his last few fights, the difference between maybe Bubba Jenkins over the last few years and his last few fights, I think he's looked very smooth. That Kyle Bozniak fight, he knocked him down at one stage and just looked very, very good in that fight. And, you know, he's won every fight in his last, what, seven or eight, apart from that Chris Wade fight in the playoffs last year. And I'm sure that's one he'd like to, you know, he'd like to get back again at some stage, but... Um. Since he's came over to to the BFL, he's you know he's had a great time. But obviously going three and one and beating Lance Parr and beating uh, Bobby Maffett and beating Kyle Bajner, but I'm sure he wants to win that million quid. And uh, this is a good matchup for him, I think, against Bellagio, and I think it will move him on to uh, to where he's going next and move him on maybe to the playoffs uh, later on in this year. But yeah, that is a fight. Look, it's it's a fight that I'm <sighs> Having watched Bellagie in that one fight, right? I think ah oh, that's an easy fight for Jenkins, but I don't think. We saw as much out of Bellagio in that fight as he has, if you get me. So it might be one of those ones where you wait and see on this one and uh, see how it goes. But um, yeah, I'm uh, not sure about that one. I'm honestly not sure about that one. Um, I mentioned Lance Palmer there, and obviously he's on this card as well. And he's fighting Shaman uh, Marais, uh, which is next type fight we can, uh, we can talk about here. You know... Lance, as well as we've seen him, he's a southpaw, has lovely outside leg kicks, heavy wrestler, you know, but obviously that the Bubba Jenkins fight was uh it, it was a tough fight for him in terms of the wrestling um even though uh, even though he still won it but I think against Shaman Morice, I think he'd be bringing back the wrestling here honestly, Morice is a power striker, but he waits to laugh a lot for it he's very accurate uh, another guy who you kind of You'd like watching, you know, and he's the the type of guy where if he lands that big shot, it's gonna not, okay, maybe he'll knock you out and it'll be a great win for him, but he's also the type of guy that makes guys kind of scared. ...because he's just waiting and waiting and waiting... ...and you don't want to do it... ...and I don't mean scared as in they're scared to have it... ...take a shot or scared to fight or anything... ...I mean like scared to do their own game... ...because they're kind of playing into his game... ...which is very very dangerous... ...you know... Uh, uh, ...dangerous to your game plan... ...and dangerous to your ability to win a fight... Um, ...so Moraes kind of does that a lot... ...and he he hasn't had the success... ...over the last few years... ...that someone with his skill set deserves... ...he did beat Boston Salmon the last time... out, ...and he won two fights before that... you know, he obviously lost to Brendan Lachlan in his PFL debut after, uh, you know, having a pretty good stint of what, going two and three in in the UFC. But he only lost to Magomed Sharapov, best look in his retirement, obviously. Uh, Sadiq Yusuf and Andre Feely as well, so top guys, uh, or, or well, relatively top guys, I suppose, uh, over there in in the UFC. So I I like Maurice honestly, and I think I don't know what I pick him this, but I I, I think. I think it could be a bit of a tough fighter, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a slippy one for for Lance Palmer. Lance is another guy as well who is 34 years of age now. He's had 28 fights, lost his last three in a row, lost to Wade, Kabulov and Jenkins. And I've said it with another couple of guys as well, and Lance Palmer is probably the best example. But like, at a certain stage, in a format like PFL... I think there's a certain sense you've won it a couple of times, you've done very well a couple of times, and it's almost time to move on because you're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. In the UFC, it's a little bit different. You can go up a division. you can go, well. You can do that here as well, I suppose. But your, you know, your next fight is a title fight. Your next fight is, you know, if you are the champion, you know, you're you're looking for two or three title defenses. You're looking earning big money. You're getting the, you know, the pay per view bonus. Whereas when you win the PFL title, who to season ends and then you start off the same as everyone else and you're trying to win that title again and win the million quid now at the end of the day if you win the million quid all is well and good you've un- earned a lot of money but that must be hard to do over and over again to kind of start from the start and go back and try to reach the same goal you you just reached so i think it's a good thing for a pfl uh for a pfl in one way because you know you don't want things getting get uh, you know getting stale or whatever but in another way then you're you're probably going to be losing fighters or your top fighters not maybe going to be performing as well as you think they would. So, like, I think a few guys need to move on from PFL. maybe go somewhere else, maybe even then come back to PFL or something like that. But I think Glance Palmer, maybe at this stage of his career, might be better off moving on after this. And, uh, and seeing what he can do because uh, I think he's achieved a lot in the PFL and maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time for him to go on but I'm, you know, I'm not writing him off as a fighter I think maybe he could go to the UFC or maybe go to Bellator or somewhere like that and have a few fights and you know, conversely then I'd like to see a few guys from Bellator and the UFC come over and fight in the PFL so uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on, on that anyway but uh, that fight against Shaman Rice uh, it should be a good one uh, let's talk about Brendan Loughnan And, and Boston Sam I usually leave Brendan uh, To the top of the card But I just uh, I see him here And the Obviously this is the way The card is in Shardog We'll see Obviously during the I'm recording this a little bit early But we'll see during the week Where they actually line out You know Brendan Probably be higher up The card I was guess. Although sometimes They put him on lower down the card So The people in his home country uh, Can watch And me obviously Over here in Ireland A little bit earlier Which I do appreciate And I think is actually Probably pretty smart And which other people Should do as well Um but bringing knocking down against Boston Salmon, I went back and I watched a bit of Boston Salmon. You know, the bus. You hear the name Boston Salmon, right? And it's a name that you, you'll remember. I <laughs> you know, obviously fought in the UFC a couple of times, ended up losing. He fought in the the Contender Series and yeah you know, he's been around since 2014ish fought in RFA and other places and he'd a bit of a a bit of a reputation i suppose as a very good fighter and he's had some setbacks obviously but uh lost to Shaman Royce in last time out and i was coming in here against Lachnan and honestly watching that fight against Shaman Royce i i was impressed with him i, I think he's a, a good fighter um Uh, a a sopa who kind of changes things up a lot Uh, in the fight can kind of do it all I think he reaches in an awful lot with power shots which, you know if he can land the power shots is great but if he can't he is able to get hit on the counter Uh, I think he gets an awful um, he he kind of falls into shots sometimes and gets off balance uh, an awful lot uh, a little bit like uh, a little bit like Flores kind of does as well at times, and if you do that against someone like like Lachnan, and he's kind of on it, he will hurt you, and that that's where Locknan at his best. I think is is actually very good as well at times. Now Locknan, his last fight uh, I mentioned against uh, Roji Kudo. Wasn't you know, wasn't his best performance. He looked injured in that fight, and then I think it was was it Malky Cowie's manager afterwards said he was injured and Brennan didn't really say it, and then he said a knee injury, and it's not that far away from that. So I, I wonder is that an injury he had a few weeks before? It was kind of healing, healing, healing. He's like, I'll make it, and I will be better for this one, or is it any injury that he's gonna bring throughout the year? I don't know. And it'll be very, very interesting to see. Um how he looks, first of all, if he's wearing a knee brace or anything like that, coming into this fight. This is one of these fights I probably won't be betting on until I I maybe see him walking into the cage, you know. But we will obviously talk more on the on the betting show maybe this week uh, about it. But um, I would I would favor Brendan Loch to to win this fight. I think I think he's a better all around fighter. I think he is more. Uh, kind of stable, um, fundamental fighter than Salmon. Now, Salmon is good. I, I, won't, uh, I won't take back what I said about him. He's definitely a very, very good fighter. Um, but I just think if Brendan can kind of keep him at the end of his jab, force Salmon to try to push his way in, let him do that, avoid it, and counter him, I think Brendan Loughnan can win that fight all day. Now, the biggest issue with that is it was a similar matchup, I think, for for Kudo, although I think Kudo is probably a little bit better. Um, if he's not at his athletic best, if he's not uh, as fast as he can be, if he's not as nimble, uh, if he's still injured, that is a big, big issue because someone like Salmon is a very tough matchup for someone like that. Um and if Lachnan isn't at 100% his best, it's a very, very tough matchup. So I'm interested to see that. There's a lot of unknowns coming into that one. And either way, even Lachnan at his best, I think someone like Samuel would probably actually bring the best out of him as well because of the way he fights. So it's an interesting fight. I'm really, really uh, looking forward to that one and seeing how it goes. So that's uh, four featherweight fights. Obviously, to kick it off there, the Kudo, Flores fight, Salmon, Lachnan, Parmer, Morice, and Balaji versus Jenkins, which, which I talked about. Let's talk about a few head- Heavyweight fights. Um, Ali Asayev comes back here, and he's fighting uh, Jamel Jones. Asayev nine and 0 in his career. He hasn't fought since uh, he won the championship back in 2019. He beat Dennis Gostilov uh, in the uh, in the semifinals, I believe it was there. And uh, I watched that fight just before we recorded here. And you know, this guy is is a problem. He is very, very good. You know, they, they were talking in the commentary about who, how he throws spinning back kicks, and I was like, oh, really? And then I saw a few of them, I was like, okay, well, maybe you can. So very athletic, but a very good, you know, very good striker, but a very, very good ground game as well. Can take guys to the ground, took Gosselov down and, you know, dominated on top. Gosselov almost caught him in a submission at one stage, but uh, he was able to get back on top again and land uh, a lot of shots, so this guy is really, really good, whereas Jamel Jones, you know, he's a, a good fighter as well, but, you know, he got knocked out very quickly last time out, he's 12-8 in his career, uh, knocked out by Hinnan Faheya, obviously, and was knocked out by uh, my guy Bruno Capilosa before that, but he did beat Clinton Abreu, who's a very good fighter, uh, and he knocked him out a few times as well, so... Uh, or, or he's, sorry, he knocked him out once, but he has three knockout wins in a row. Before that, he fought William Knight. Uh, so, uh, you know, and he got knocked out in that fight. So he, he's one of these guys, look, he's last six results, got knocked out, got knocked out, one by knockout, one by knockout, one by knockout, got knocked out. So he's the, uh, all in the first and second round. So he, we know what's going to happen here, lads, I would say. Someone's probably getting knocked out. Although, Aliyev is the type of guy who, He might take you down. He might hurt you. He might be looking to get a bit of time back in the cage. The fact it's me, he's been out since two thousand and nineteen, which is what's three years now. Actually, it's seen as we've twenty twenty two. So, he's a player here. He's absolutely a player in this division. And uh, if he can get a big win here, he'd be looking for obviously an early finish. I would say to get more points. And, uh, if, if he can do that, it will be, uh, it will be very, very good for, uh, for him and for, I, t- I would say the PFL as well to be happy enough to, uh, to keep him, uh, you know, to, to keep him towards the, <laughs> the, the, top of their division. Um, we will have a look at the standings here in a second as well, uh, on the PFL because it'll be interesting to see, uh, how, uh, what well, you know what we'll actually, we'll do that now altogether because we, we have the fe- uh, Federates and the heavyweights obviously coming in here. Um, but before we get to more of the heavyweight let's just look at the featherweight standings so Sherman rice is one all on 3 points, there's actually 5 fighters on 3 points in and 1-0, and so Morice, Flores Wade, Jenkins on Loughnan and then we've Kudo, Bosniak Palmer, Balaji and Salmon, all of whom obviously are fighting uh, this weekend we'll talk more about a couple of those fights uh, in a second, and in a heavyweight uh, we have 3 fighters on 6 1 fighter on 5 and 1 fighter on 3, obviously Fehea Gostilov and Kapilosa are all on six. We've Antideja on five, uh, with Ebreu on three. Uh, Keresh Scheffel, Austin, Gullade, and Jamel Jones all 0-1-1 uh, and are on uh, zero points. So, uh, is, is Jamel Jones is fighting Isaiyev. I'm, I'm actually not sure I'll have to check that out. Is that in the... Is that in the uh, the competition or not? I don't know. But like, I guess... Was the size supposed to be in it? And yeah, did we change in short notice? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out anyway. And uh, we will um, we will let you know. And I'm sure the PFL will let you know as well. Um, but yeah, that's how it stands. Very close. You know, very, very close there with the guys towards the top. So those lads with zero points will have to be getting wins here very, very quickly to turn it around. Um, so... I another guy who's not in the standings here, but is fighting against one of the guys in the standings in the heavyweight division is Sam Kay, who is fighting Dennis Gostilov. I always call him Gostilov. His name is Galtsov. Galtsov. I always, I always mess that up. But one thing I don't mess up is how good of a fighter he is. Um, as I mentioned, okay, he lost to uh, uh, to Isayev, but he has some good wins um, in in the PFL back down through the years. He's been fighting there for a good while in, since 2019. You know, he's ran into some good fighters, Anti Deja and Isayev, but he's won all his other fights there. I uh, beat uh, Cody Goodell um, earlier on this year, so uh, he's obviously a very good wrestler um, we'll take you down, we'll submit you, we'll, we'll TKO you if needs be, um, and it's just, you know, a, a, an absolute animal on the ground when no one the fight gets there, uh, he's fighting Sam k who uh, is making his debut in the PFL, and I watched a couple of his fights, he's from Australia, um, I don't know if this guy, an NRL player, because I looked up Sam K and there was a Sam K NRL player, and there was highlights. I'm not sure if it's the same lad or not, but he seemed, after watching a few of his fights over in Australia, he seems like a big star. He seemed like a lot of people came out to watch him, uh, and on his fights himself, he's N 5 in his career, but his last two fights, you know, he seems like a guy who's maybe been out of his cage for a while came back, turned himself around, and is now kind of going in a different direction. And we'll quickly find out here against Galsa, because if he's not at that level, that will be shown very, very quickly. He's a good boxer, got a big knockout in his last fight, and the fight before that... Uh got a big takedown, or maybe a couple of fights for that. Sorry, got a big takedown, big elbows. This guy will make it a painful night for you wherever he takes it. Uh, and I, you know, I like him. I think his skills are very, very good. That eight and five record obviously is a bit dodgy. So we will uh, dodgy in terms of like he's had thirteen fights and last five of them, if we're being realistic about it, and at heavyweight as well in the locals. He, that's difficult. But he said he's found it hard to get fights and different things like that. So. This should be a good fight here. Uh, The next one, Ante Deja against Stuart Austin in the heavyweight division. Uh, uh, Honestly, I don't have too much to say about this one because I think it's going to be a bit of a walkover for Ante Deja. This guy is one of the best... You know, one of the best heavyweights in the world, I'll say it. I think he's right up there. I think if he was in the UFC or other places, he'd be top 15. Uh, he's long. He races in with big strikes. He's a good long jab. Willing to clinch. Very good wrestler. Hard ground him on, they always say it. He has that uh, that Croatian flag alongside him, but he's a very good wrestler as well. Stuart Austin, uh, you know, he's not very good, if we're being honest. He has submitted Tom Aspinall, but uh, that was early in Tom Aspinall's career. He comes in with his head up in the air, kind of panics when striking a little bit. Uh, does throw a nice hard leg, leg kick he can wrestle as well so maybe Deja won't be able to get him down that easy uh, but I think he will honestly and I think uh, I would be unbelievably surprised if sure Austin won around here and especially surprised if he won the fight so I think Deja will win this and I think he will go on and he will be in the playoffs later on this year fight I'm massively looking forward to uh, is Hinnan Faheya against Clidson Abreu um, Abreu Abreu is a southpaw but he switches stances although do you know what i don't know if he is a southpaw because he came out southpaw in his uh, last fight i believe it was that i watched of him and then he almost immediately switched and he didn't really switch back so much so i'd written down southpaw and i was like is he a southpaw but he's a switch hitter i think more than anything else do you know what as well he doesn't look that athletic but he is you know he throws some nice shots well-timed takedowns and obviously his jiu-jitsu is is phenomenal when he gets the fight to the ground Nah, he's brilliant there. And he will be looking to do that against uh Hinen who is an athletic freak, throws these big front kicks, massive, big, tall man, can jab well as big, as a big right hand and is powerful. So um I think Abreu, this is a simple one to me to break down. Abreu will be looking to get that double leg, take him, or the single leg, even take him to the ground, and win it there. Whereas um Fehell will be looking to keep it standing, Lando's big head kicks, maybe even not throw too many head kicks in case he gets taken down, but Lando's shots standing and win it there. And if he does, there are him versus Capilosa down the line or him versus some of these other heavyweights is gonna be uh, is gonna be very, very fun. You know, he's won all his fights in the PFL so far, you know, beating Stuart Austin in thirty-one seconds and twenty-five seconds he beat Jamal Jones in his last two. Uh, and this guy is uh, is legit and I'm really looking forward to seeing him this weekend and going forward as well so uh, that to me is probably the standout heavyweight fight uh, on this card um, I'm the, the last featherweight fight here and there's one more heavyweight fight but there's a lightweight fight in here as well, uh, Chris Wade against Kyle Bozniak in the featherweight division um, very, very interesting fight here between these two lads, Chris Wade Uh, Obviously, he's a very good wrestler. We know all about that. But he kicks uh, more than he punches. He kicks very well, um, which means, you know, he'll either be taken down or he'll get into a kind of a takedown match when you kick that much, especially low. Uh, Very, very strong. Um, he's a, I would say he was a good striker I think he's an improved striker and he throws more than his opponents normally do but against Bosniak that might not be the case he throws a lot of shots but he does end up getting caught by that uh, and he's fighting against Jeremy Kennedy he got taken down and you would think Chris Wade would probably be able to do the same to him he throws a good right hand he did get hurt uh, in that last fight against uh, it was Bubba Jenkins wasn't he Yeah. so you'd have to favour Chris Wade here I think he will have enough on the feet as long as he doesn't kind of get drawn into a war and he doesn't, it isn't the back and forth, whereas Bosniak might like that, uh, but I think Wade will probably have enough to take him down as well and probably win rounds here, so uh, maybe not the standout fight, if Bosniak can turn it into the fight he wants to turn it into, it might be a standout fight, but I think Wade will uh, will win this with, with a lot of wrestling, Um then in the coming, Anthony Pettis against uh, Stevie Fucking Reyes. I can, as I can say it here, I'm allowed to say it here. Uh, you know, Stevie's had a very, very good career for a guy. You know, coming out of Scotland, obviously he's had a, a lot of fights. Thirty-two years of age now, he's had thirty-three fights. Obviously lost to Alex Martinez uh, in his uh, opener in PFL, but had a good stint in the UFC. You know, he beat Michael Johnson, and his last fight uh, in the UFC he beat Joe Loza and beat Ross Pearson as well. So he's not a guy that was in the UFC and and you know, okay, he lost these few fights, but he didn't struggle necessarily. He won a lot of fights as well, and he was very good in the cage warrior scene we seeing and even fighting in Bama and other places uh, back in the day he's had a very very good career and you know he's the type of guy who who can do it all he's got knockout power um you know he always won by submission in his last fight even when he was down good on the ground good everywhere and you probably say the same obviously for for Anthony Pettis who you know I, I think look there's a blueprint there to beat Anthony Pettis and can Stevie Ray do it I don't know the blueprint that beat Anthony Pettis is to go straight forward at him, land lots of shots, don't give him time to counter, push him against the cage, land lots of sh- shots against the cage, take him down, be very careful, because he's a fantastic, um, fantastic game on the ground, he's really good submissions, more submissions in the UFC than he had knockouts, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, so you have to be very careful there, but Pettis' inability to, to circle has really destroyed the the latter part of his career for me, along with Rafael dos Anjos and that awful beating he took. But Steve Ray needs to prey on that. He needs to he needs to push that pace. He really needs to push the pace. Make it tough on Pettis. Pettis is another guy you know, who never gives up. He's always there late in fights. Uh, you know, has different ways to win. He's a finisher. But Steve Ray is not without a chance here. I, I, like I I think. I don't know if Stevie has that game that can pull that off against Pettis without getting caught. That would be my one worry for him. Um, I I think he needs to throw in a few takedowns here. I I think he needs to get Pettis thinking. And if he can do that, it might be a tough, long night... For Anthony Pettis over three rounds I feel like this one's going to be a close decision Honestly, now maybe Pettis can get the big Finish and maybe he can get catch a guillotine Or something like that or get a big head kick Knockout but Stevie Ray is tough You know, he's not a uh, He's not an easy out by uh, by any means Okay, he's been finished a couple of times uh, In his career, most of them by submission Only been knocked out twice um, You know, and <sighs> It's it, he could make it a tough fight for Pettis, but I I don't know. I, I would slightly favour Pettis uh, in this one, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Uh, and in the main event, we have my guy Bruno Capilosa against Matthias Scheffel. Uh, first of all, in Scheffel, he is, um, I would call him a glitchy counter-striker. Um, he got knocked down a few times against Ante Deja. He's fought in the Dana White Contender Series. Um not that impressive there Honestly He would one fight outside uh, In the regional scene Ended up winning that and In a few minutes And then got into the PFL And as I mentioned Got knocked down a couple of times Against Ante Deja uh, I think he's going to get Absolutely styled on here By Bruno Capiloza. Um Capilosa has been on a great run Over the last one won his last five After losing to the the UFC light heavyweight champion Yuri Prahachka back in two thousand and eighteen. Sorry, he's one yeah he's a five or six, one, two, three, five. Yeah. Beat Austin, beat Anti Deja, beat Jamel Jones, uh, beat Mohammed Daris and Ante Deja again back into the twenty twenty one season. So uh I you know he's beaten Tilson Abreu back in jungle fights as well. This guy is is really, really good, really good. And he's turned around his career. You know, he had five losses in in his first what, ten or 15, ten or eleven fights or something like that. So to turn him around his career like that and to become the fighter he's become is really, really is really, really great. He's very athletic for a heavyweight. He's sustained, fast, powerful attacks. Um, he, I always say it, but he reminds me of a younger JDS that throws more volume, hits like an absolute truck. And uh, Mateo Scheffel will get hit like a truck <laughs> this weekend, unfortunately, and uh, will almost certainly get knocked out by Bruno Capelloza. So. Uh, yeah that's my uh, that's my breakdown of this card all in all it's a pretty good card obviously uh, always fun to see the heavyweights on show I think there will be uh, some more good wins for some of the top guys over there I think uh, you know I, I really think Capeloza is going to win that Abreu uh, fight should be fun Ante Deja I think will get the win as well there in the heavyweight division and in the featherweights as well you know be interesting to see if their guys you know the name guys there Chris Wade Bubba Jenkins Brendan Lachnan can get the wins but some of the underdogs Are definitely live here as well. And obviously, Anthony Pettis against Stevie Ray in the lightweight division should be a fun one here after what we saw uh, last week and a big important fight there as well. All right, everyone, that is it from me. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.